Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hi, folks. How are you? Hope you are well. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to another episode of Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman. I very much appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, If you are new to the podcast, welcome along. It's great to have you. Uh, As I say with most things, it doesn't matter when you come to it. As long as you find it, you find us. Welcome along. It's great to have you with us. And please do feel free to dive into our 350 odd back catalogue of episodes you can find at edithbowman.com. There is loads for you to dive into and also um, a great way of just searching by film, uh, director, actor to see if there are any in particular that you want to find. So yeah, go and explore and go and have fun. We've got some cracking guests actually coming up for you over the next couple of weeks. John Boyega, Uh, talking about a new film that he's in called Breaking, uh, based on a true story. And been a big fan of John, actually, since I first saw him in Attack the Block way back. Uh, And in fact, we do have a little Attack the Block chat. But um, for me, this new film that he's in, we know that he can act, but this is a a real, it's a vehicle for him. For me, I said to him at the time, I felt like it was a kind of bit of a Denzel moment for him. Uh, So we're looking forward to sharing that with you. John Wick. Yes, Keanu Reeves and Chad Stahelski back on the podcast to talk about the brand new John Wick. I think that's going to be next week's episode. Diego Luna. I had the most amazing conversation with Diego Luna about Andor. Now, obviously, we're in a kind of weird place with it and the fact that they're in the middle of filming series two at the minute. Series one is already up on Disney Plus. If you haven't um, had the time to check out Andor, please do. It's quite a different beast from a lot of the uh, the serial Star Wars productions that we've had so far. Um, I absolutely loved it, and I just, I just had, a, I felt like I'd kind of met someone in the pub, not on a date, but in a kind of like friend type thing, and had a really good catch up and a really good kind of in depth chat about a lot of things. And yeah, he was brilliant, and he'd done a bit of homework as well. He wanted to talk about scores and music and things, both as a director and as a creative in front of the camera. So, yeah, that's on the way. And then also, if like me, you've been a fan of The Last of Us, really was interested to try and talk about that show. Uh, it's obviously a kind of extension of the the game, which Gustavo Santo. Apologies if I pronounce his name wrong, Gustavo. Santa Olala uh, did the music for the game. Uh, he was also brought on board to do the TV show, parts of it, along with David Fleming. Now, I've already recorded David and I'm very much hoping to record Gustavo at some point this week that we can have the two of them on one episode to talk about The Last of Us. But bear with me, I'll try my best to make that happen. But let's get on to this week's episode because our latest guest on Soundtracking is the super smart, super likeable, super exciting young talent that is Rain Allen Miller, whose directorial debut feature, Rye Lane, oh man, it's got charm, it's got wit, it's got energy and panache. It's set in Peckham and Brixton and it tells the story of Yaz and Don, 
Two 20-somethings who meet in the wake of their respective breakups and kind of bond over the course of an exceedingly eventful day. Um, it's a wonderful film. It's so exciting. It's in cinemas. Go and see it. And it's scored by the hugely talented producer and composer Quez, of which plenty more shortly. But first, let's have a word from our friends at Gusto. Now, I might have mentioned this at some point, and I definitely have recently, that I like cooking. However, I'm going to be honest got to the point where I've fallen into a little bit of a boring rhythm, complacency, some may say, of what I cook. Basically, it's the same things every week. I've bored myself and my family. But thank goodness for Gusto and its menu of over 250 recipes. We're spicing things up. What's not to love about a box arriving with pre-portioned fresh ingredients and easy to follow recipe cards? This week, we had a delicious shakshuka with feta and this amazing salmon pesto pasta. Mmm, delicious. Even if you are in any way intimidated by the idea of cooking, believe me, Gusto makes it easy and totally achievable. It gives you everything you need to create incredible home-cooked meals every week. And as I said, there are over 250 recipes to choose from and have them delivered to your door any day of the week. How would you like 60% off your first box, followed by 25% off all boxes for two months? Well, all you need to do is head to gusto.co.uk and use the code SOUND today. That's gusto.co.uk and use the code SOUND. Start enjoying quality dishes today. 60% off your first box, 25% off all boxes for two months. Head into gusto.co.uk and just use the code SOUND. And so to Rain, Alan Miller and Roy Lane. As I mentioned, the film is scored by Quez and we have to say a huge, huge thank you to Guillaume at Warp Records for sharing the as yet unreleased cues. And here is one of them, Yaz and Dom Seesaw. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you about your brilliant film. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I really, really loved it. It was absolutely wonderful. Before we, we kind of dive into talking about music, which is such a big part of the film, can we talk a little bit about how the project came to you and what it was about it that inspired you to want to be part of this and, and direct it and your kind of vision for it as well? It basically, I got sent the script and I kind of I was sort of reluctant initially because I write as well and I was kind of like, I don't know if I want my first film to be a film that I haven't written, but I was on the Eurostar and I just laughed out loud, like to the point where it was kind of embarrassing, (laughs) Um, you know, and it was just like, okay, these are these, this is, this is funny. And, and also what I loved about it was it's just really simple. You know, it's a, it's a simple story really about two people that wander around and get to know each other and have a nice day. And I think there's something really powerful and exciting about making a film that is as simple as that. And so that was appealing to me. It was initially set in Camden. You know, the writers, I'd met them and they were so collaborative and and really keen to sort of hear what my take would be. And it felt like there was space to kind of make it my own. And I set it in Camden. We developed the characters more together. 
it really was a great opportunity to add my world building and and sort of yeah. character development and and you know the sort of south london-ness of it you know it was like the perfect canvas for that really and I imagine a change in title as well then because of that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah I mean that's a really interesting thing as well because I lived up the road from Camden and Kentish Town for years so I kind of you know and, I, and my kind of late 20s early 30s were around that whole kind of Camden music scene and stuff I mean there's it's not a specific genre around there but Camden has an association with specific kind of types of music I think and and Brixton has a has that as well you know in terms of like is a beautiful collection of of inspiration musically and stuff but it also really has a real core of that music scene that comes out of Brixton and how it's that real influence from from lots of cultures but there's a real heart to it as well how much music was written into the original script and, and was it for you was it really important to you know logistically shift that story but musically shift it as well yeah, no, it's interesting you say that, actually. You're the only person I've not said. I love Camden because it's where I bought my first Sonic Youth t-shirt. I meant to kind of add that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's, the whole, like, that's my Camden, like, studded belt and Sonic Youth t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, so so actually, I guess, like, the written music in the script initially were, were basically the American, you know, so, like, Tribe and... Salt and Pepper. Pepper. Like those yeah. two tracks were ri- written. Hey, yeah, I want to shoot, baby. Shoot. Oh, you don't, baby. Shoot. No, not you. you. The bow legged one. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Shoot. Damn, baby. That sounds sexy. <laughs> Uh, here I go, here I go, here I go again, uh, girls. Yeah. What's my weakness? Yeah. Okay, then chillin', chillin', mindin' my business. Word. Your souls, I looked around and I couldn't believe this. I swear, I stand, my niece, my witness. The brother had it going over something kinda uh, wicked, wicked. Had to kick it. I'm not shy, so I asked for the ditches. I hope no, that don't make me see what I want. Slip, slide to it swiftly. Dumps it in my hip, so I dip back to my bag of tricks. Then I flip forward, tip, made me wanna do tricks. For me, like everything else in the film needed to feel really London. And, you know, that was partly why I wanted to work with Quez because, you know, I've known his music for a really long time. I've loved him as a person. I love his music. I love the sound. Mm. Like his sound is just so London to me. And it what I really, really wanted the film to feel British. Because, you know, so many films that inspire me, you know, like directors like Martin Scorsese or Spike Lee, you know, they really capture their life and their world. And that's also the music. And so Mm -hmm. it felt like this film needed to have to almost do the same thing. So although we've got like amazing classics from uh, Tribe and Salt and Pepper, I really wanted to, you know, sprinkle the film with like a lot of, London sound and I guess that relationship with with Quez as well working with him you know he his work as an artist but also as a producer is is kind of so extraordinary when you think of the you know the diversity of people that he's worked with Solange Kano Bobby Womack and everybody in between all that as well and Denise Moore of course who you know you've worked with so is that kind of where that relationship started oh you've done your research I love that I love that video I love Denise as well beautiful Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I knew I knew Quez just through being from London and sort of, you know, going to gigs and and kind of like just I, I used to we did a club night. Actually, my friends Hannah T W Dean and Zazy and I did this club night called Local in Brixton, and we made it because we were like we're so sick of going to East London. <laughs> we yeah. were in South London, so we did this <laughs> night, and um, it meant that we met. You know, I kind of Dean and Hannah worked at Ninja Tune. And kind of through that, I think I met Quez. I can't quite remember how, but yeah, we just know each other. I know his brother. His brother went out with my family. Friend. That kind of lovely, like weird yeah. connection thing. Yeah, for um, it being one of the biggest cities in the world, there's an amazing intimacy to like people yeah. and connections and all that kind of thing. Totally. Yeah, definitely. The music's brilliant. And I love the way that you use it in the film as well. You know, it's kind of it's got a real it drives at places it kind of soothes it it's it's got so many purposes with really throughout the film and i was just really interested with what you know when you first talked to quez about what the what the score side of things would be what what you wanted and and how you described it and kind of you need know, to talk about being the sound of london but but it's kind of it's got to have melody and kind of you know and instrumentation in it as well so i was wondering if you had had ideas about what you wanted Interestingly, a lot of our temp score, which obviously is the score that, you know, when you're editing, you put it in temporarily. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just assuming people might not know, but um, was Quez, you know, I'd mm -hmm. made this playlist, which had probably, I'd say like 70% <laughs> Quez's music in it when, before I even shot the film, because I had such a clear idea of like how I wanted it to sound. And I think Amazing. that, I'd kind of discussed this with Quez beforehand, but for me, you know, as a director, you surround yourself with people that are really good at a very specific thing and they're way better at that thing than you. And with that come, you know, you have to have a lot of trust. And for me, I think Quez is amazing. So, you know, a lot of the time when we were working on the score, you know, my notes were basically like, I want it to feel like this, but I want you mm -hmm. to make it feel like this in a Quez way, mm -hmm. because I really yeah. believe in how he does things. I'm not a musician. I definitely love music. I'm kind of musical, but he's incredible. And so that was really important. And yeah, sometimes like he'd make something and we didn't feel like it was quite right but that was more about emotion and mm -hmm. you know and making it clear to him that like I want this scene to feel more silly or I want it to feel sad or you know and just being on the same page with that but I'd say the process was me just really wanting him to do him but just making sure that it portrayed you know that it conveyed the right um, emotion. Yeah, it's the first film he's done. I think he did. I think he did a sh some stuff for a, a Netflix show, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty. I definitely know it's his first film. 
so good because even like that opening piece of music which is is a, an amazing piece and you go you're kind of like oh is it the radio do I know it it's a sort of feels so familiar and it's got this kind of quality that's like it's a brilliant way of to start a film because that's the great thing I think that music does is it kind of does things to you that you don't even realize that it's doing mm. sometimes and yeah. so that kind of makes you go oh yeah wicked this is going to be fun it's kind of how it makes you feel, yeah. that open piece of music. I'm glad you say that. It's really weird, actually, because that piece of music, whenever I sit in a screening for the film, which obviously I've done quite a few times, <laughs> yeah. I get emotional when that plays. And I think it's because I remember saying to Quez, like, I want this this music to sound like you will, you have not seen anything like this before. You haven't seen or heard anything like this before. And I want it to be bonkers and I want it to be loud and I want it to be fresh and I want it to be Quez you know mm-hmm. and he delivered <laughs> um, but it's weird because it's so silly and funny because I want it to feel funny but it really makes me emotional because it kind of represents everything I wanted to say about the film you know straight away I mean that's kind of what you need to do right with an opening track so yeah I'm, I'm glad that it made an impression on you too <laughs> it really did it right it, it really kind of it, it really ushered me into the film and made me feel excited about what was to come in a way. I'm so happy that um, <laughs> you did on that, yeah. yeah. it's that weird thing you were saying earlier it's like you know it's a simple story it feels so new and so refreshing in a way and I think that that's down to so many things that you've made choices on I mean the cast are phenomenal working with Quez on it but also just the kind of the aesthetic of the film as well and the kind of color schemes and and the choice of like even like you know to get kind of technical so I don't really know what I'm talking about when I get to that side of things but like just kind of like how you've chosen to edit and things like that. Did you have a really clear idea of what this needed to be and what you wanted it to be? Yeah, I think that is the thing that a director, if you don't know what you want, if you don't know what you want, then I think the the team are going to be a little bit confused and the image, you know, the film ends up feeling quite confused. And I think whether you like it or not, Rye Lane definitely knows what it is. And, mm. you know, I always want to make sure everyone that I work with is singing from the same hymn sheet. But I also want to make sure that everyone I work with is amazing and that I believe in the way that they do things. So the set, you know, with Quez, I am obsessed with his work. He's brilliant at what he does. I could never do that. 
but I know exactly what I want from him. And it goes the same with the cinematography, with the wardrobe, with the production design, you know, with the performances, the tone of the performances. As a director, that is your job to make sure that all of those things align into this like little explosion of Rylane. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you as well. I'm glad that you really like those decisions because it is quite bonkers. <laughs> you know, all the wide lenses and the colors and, and stuff. But for me, it's also about it being authentic. Like I always say, I love things feeling authentically elevated. So it's yeah. like it's accidentally looks the way it looks, but actually it comes from a place of truth. Brixton Market does actually look like that. You might see a cowboy walking through Peckham Market, <laughs> yeah. sorry, yeah. Riley Market. That might actually happen in London. Somebody might walk around with a dog in a pram. That happens in London, you know, I'm yeah. just capturing it at that point <laughs> yeah how was it finding your Yaz and Dom through David and Vivian and the cast of those those particular cast and the supporting cast because oh my god I, I had sore cheeks from laughing watching the film as well it's just so oh, good. brilliant that's what we want sore cheeks oh I mean it was great I worked with a brilliant casting director called Carmel Cochran um her and I have just we've been mates for a long time and you know she knows what I like we laugh at the same jokes and we wanted actors that one thing that I really like is, you know, I don't want people that are just not just actually, because there are some amazing comedy actors like that I adore. But I actually yeah. for this film wanted actors that have funny bones. You know, they get it. They get the tone. They get the world. But actually, they're just great performers sort of technically and um, instinctively. And I think that was what I was looking for in the cast. And we saw some amazing people that I'd love to meet again, but you know, the people in the film were perfect for those roles and they added so much to it. Um, and again, you know, I could never act. I found people that can add more to it and can sort of bring them to life in a way that I couldn't have possibly dreamed of, but no, it was a joy finding them and actually pretty easy. You know, the minute they came in after a few minutes, it was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my dom. That's my ass. With that, um, that that brilliant scene where they're on his Spotify or his that playlist, and oh my god, it's it's the, the songs that come out is absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Sanya and but Bette Midler and the Rose. <laughs> yeah. Just... Oh my god, but that I mean, Sanya The thing that I also <laughs> wanted, I remember saying to the music supervisor David Fish, I was like. It needs to be, they all need to be bangers. They all need to be <laughs> tunes that you actually like go, yeah, this is a banger, but embarrassing. I actually had it this morning where like someone went, oh, do you want to put some music on? And the minute you're just like, it is just a bit like, ah, you know, you don't know what people are going to think. <laughs> I definitely, yeah, it was really important that they were actually quite good tunes. <laughs>
there a load that you filmed that were cut? No, because you have to get permission. Yeah. So no, sadly. Yeah. I wish I could yeah. give you a funny little nugget on that, but um, <laughs> no. I had a real kind of weird like flashback moment as well when Daniel Beddingfield came on because then I just remembered at one point in my life I had done karaoke to that song. Had you? Yes. <laughs> I loved um what was I gotta get through this. Yeah, I I yeah. Tried that, but it was too it was too like happy. Um, <laughs> God, Redfield, yes. Bring him back, please. Last time I saw him on like did he have accepted some like Brit Award with a head brace on? He didn't been in some like horrendous <laughs> bike accident or something. And he had some oh, weird I know, but he's fine now. But at okay, the time, good. he was going through some kind of recovery from some, I don't know, car accident or something. And he he accepted it was some Brit Awards or something. And he was on a video thing and accepted his Brit Award with this kind of crazy, like, head brace on. Why does that feel really Daniel Beddingfield to do that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Daniel Beddingfield? Maybe this, you know, you you included him in the film. He'll come out the woodwork at some I point. That like would he's be... definitely in L.A., like, doing something really bougie right now. Well, wait, not right now, but yeah. um, probably right now. Yeah. <laughs> probably right now, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> karaoke song of choice talking heads this must be the place wow that is super cool yeah that i mean that song it would also it could be orange juice um rip it up but like i think nice. two tunes like they're very uh, yeah I, no this must be the place it's just such a banger like <laughs> <laughs> it is just like i mean yeah i I don't know if I can even, like, if you know that song, I, I'm sure people will understand why. It's such a beautiful song. really lovely is that you know this is your first time full-length feature filmmaker and this is so exciting because the film's brilliant and uh, I don't know if you've seen After Sun Charlotte Wells um, and yeah. it's her first feature film as well and both of you have got these beautiful little scenes in them very different that have karaoke moments in them as well and yeah, I just yeah. think that it's 
it's it's kind of like after watching both films, I was like, where's my nearest karaoke bar? Because I'm, I've got the feels. Yeah, but the rule is you can't be good. If you're good at karaoke, it doesn't count. It just you. Can't, it's the most embarrassing thing to get up on a karaoke <laughs> stage and be good. <laughs> like no one wants to hear someone good at singing do karaoke. Like, I mean, I'm actually really glad I can't sing so I can do karaoke. <laughs> It's a very good point, right? Very good point. Right. You mentioned um, Scorsese and Spike Lee um, earlier on, just in terms of filmmakers, inspired of filmmakers. And in terms of filmmakers musically, you know, they are top of their game in terms of both the composers they work with, with like Spike Terrence Blanchard and, and, and whatnot, and artists as well. And have they been inspired in, in terms of the way they use music for you as filmmakers? That is a hard question, because I would say, for me, I think... There's a few composers that I really think are amazing. I I was so inspired when I first saw Utopia, which was yeah. um, scored by uh, Christabel Tapia de Ver, but um, and everyone knows him for White Lotus. But I remember hearing Utopia and going, "Whoa, you know, this is this is I've not really heard a soundtrack like this before." did a film called um I think it's called me you and everyone we know or you me and everyone we know yeah and that was by Michael Andrews yes yeah and that also if you he did the to- mad world version for yes for yeah, yeah, Darko. yeah, yeah. inspired me but at the same time they didn't represent you know they weren't necessarily the world that I'm trying to build here but yeah. I think the boldness of the of those of a lot of the cues in those films you know were like worth kind of noting I also I'm trying to think I mean obviously I think like 
original music, I feel um, Scorsese and Spike Lee nail, but I really like working with composers and sort of having original music part of the story in a way, but like there's something about you're building a world, like you're elevating the world if you create something new. And it's fun yeah. to do that with a composer that also produces music. So yeah, I'd say those two references are probably I just find I do I just thought Newtopia, it's worth a listen if you've not heard that soundtrack. Like I actually listen to that just hanging like walking mm. down the street. I think a child needs love. Do, 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 do. interesting because what you and Quez have done amazingly with the film is the way you know when you were talking about it's how you wanted it to sound and it to be him but to be to be London is the way that it so beautifully and easily switches from being diegetic to being the score mm. again and it doesn't and so you're the the what the, the the kind of the shift between being in the world and out the world, if that makes sense, is is it's there's no difference. That's what's so brilliant about it is that the way that it it's part of the story. It's there in the room with the, the characters, and then it's part of the score or the vice versa. Mm. It doesn't always work, and it just it's so good. Oh, thank you. That is another like it's so nice when somebody tells you a decision you've made that you think maybe someone won't notice. But yeah, <laughs> I think it just needs to feel part of the you know a. All films should have a DNA, like all good films, I feel they have like a DNA, like they're, they're like their own little thing, you know, and mm. I think music has a huge role in that. And it is really hard. Like, by the way, I think it's worth mentioning, like Quez and I worked really hard together. Well, Quez worked really hard, but, you know, we worked really hard to try and make it feel right and to make it feel like it belonged I mean, Quez is an incredibly visual person as well. And like, he looks at colors sometimes and just has an idea. So I think that was something that interested me. You know, we can have a conversation about a sound being funny and he totally, you know, he's just, he's just a creator. He's an artist. And I wouldn't be surprised if he directed a film himself at some point, you know, I think he thinks very visually. And so that collaboration ended, you know, meant that, that you said, what you just said which is really great because that yeah. was our intention Woo! Yeah. <laughs> it's also that thing as well that I think it works brilliant because you've got there's moments where you've got score and there's dialogue going on and it almost feels like it's kind of it's rhymes going over you know what I mean there's it's the, the, the it's so it's got such a beautiful fluidity to it and stuff that it's kind of I wondered whether you had music that you played on set at all as well for the characters to get a sense of how, sonically how the film was going to sound to 
for those scenes in particular? That's an interesting question. No, actually, because I always think like I think sometimes it's helpful to just have that stuff in my head because I guess actors have so much to think about um, already. And my job is to make sure that they you know, that we're on the same page in terms of like who that character is and and how they behave. So, Mm. no, I also think that like walking into the spaces that we created helped them understand the world that I was trying to build, you know, even in the costume truck, trying on some of the outfits, they understood that, you know, Um, but no, they didn't. But then the interesting thing is, is you think about someone like Vivian who plays Yaz, you know, when we met, I was like, I knew that I think we knew some of the same people and she her music, you know, she's a musician and she used to go to gigs. She's younger than us, obviously, but I think she went to gigs that like Quez played. And same with David, like we all kind of have, I guess so if you work together as creatives, you're naturally gonna what's the word? Come together? What's the word? It's like osmosis, like creative osmosis in a way. Yeah, you just like... yeah, you're just aligned. And mm. and but and and weirdly you end up going, oh, we like the same band or you know that kind of thing happens I think when you when you work together and you like the same you end up liking the same things we were all drawn to the script so that means we might all be drawn to you know a yeah. little band that we didn't think anybody else knew it's that yeah. beauty of collaborating and and being creative mm. I could chat to you for ages about it. I just think it's it's you've made a brilliant film and I'm so excited to see people's reaction to it as well. And I'm so excited to see what's next from you as well. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Rain, thank you so much for your time. It's a real treat to get to chat to you about it. Congratulations on Riley. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Hopefully we will meet again. Time will only tell me an eternity. I remember the first time we met You had my heart wanting to disconnect from me Hearing your eyes say to me Come roll a play with me Show me the ropes I'm tight and do not let go Sultan back in 93 The leaves were falling down Ever reluctantly You had your hair long When the days were short The amber headlights highlighted you perfectly from the soundtrack to Rylane, that's Rollerblades, Rylane version by Quez, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the wonderful Rain Alan Miller. My huge thanks to Rain for taking the time to talk to us. Rylane is on general release now and is a truly refreshing take on the romantic comedy genre. What a fantastic talent she is and I can't wait to see what she does next. Now, as I said at the start of the episode, you can catch all of our previous episodes by heading to edithbowman.com or wherever you get your pods. And please, please do, if you have a second, rate, review and subscribe because it really does make a massive difference to a little independent podcast like ourselves. Uh, Also, we'd love it if you'd spread the word and then maybe follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK and check out our YouTube channel for loads of extra content too. Next up, I think I'm going to share with you my chat with Keanu Reeves and Chad Stahelski talking about the latest and possibly the final John Wick film. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Mm -hmm.